Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Eh, doing okay. Surviving, man. Yeah. Making, it, making yeah. it day by day, man. Day by day. Day by day. So, how was your uh, your week? Uh, you you didn't have any crazy uh, uh, Halloween stories, huh? All right. So, here's the thing about Halloween as far as when you're out Uber and driving, about. Right. So, the, the biggest night is actually... The Saturday night before Halloween, right? Right, because like, that's, that's when, when all the everybody parties throw the, all right. the people are throwing their parties, and it's it, around Tampa. It's like New Year's, right? Like because you know you're paying tickets to get into places and stuff like they like. There's a lot of it, again, it's similar to New Year's, right? And you make money similar to New Year's on that night too. Like I did, I probably had probably one of my best nights ever. Yeah, on the Saturday night, and it was the only thing that was disappointing a little bit was I didn't get nearly as many people that were in. Like there was tons of people in costume, right? But I didn't get nearly as many of them. Oh, I got okay. some, but I didn't get a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't get like, like crazy ones or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was, but it was a lot of fun. And I I, I will say in certain areas because I was also out when the shooting happened. Oh, in Ebor? Yeah. In Were Ebor. you in Ebor when that happened? I was. I, okay, so it was so jam packed, busy in Ebor, you couldn't get but two blocks near it to, in, a, in a car. Right. So I was there at the time that it happened. Right. I didn't really hear anything particularly. Yeah. But like I was around there at the time. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, I, I think they're going to try to pass a rule to end everything at one o'clock instead of three o'clock now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, they're pushing a curfew for Ebor now. At least a temporary one. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know. All right. I, again, I don't know how you're going to do. And the other thing is this look, part of the allure of Ebor is the fact that, you know, there's a possibility that, uh, you, you might get in a bar fight. You might there might be a shooting. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I like about going to Ebor. That that uh, hint of uh, danger. A danger. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. You know. <laughs> well, I don't think people should get shot, but eh, you know, sometimes people need to get shot. Well, no, sometimes sometimes you got to cap a motherfucker. I, I, sometimes you, you got to cap right. A motherfucker. <laughs> so it was, but overall, it was a fun night though. At you know, it was busy. I actually took like I only did like the upper rides, so like I turned off like the regular ride. Oh, you were just uh, you so know, I was highbrow. I was highbrowing it though, yeah. for most of the nice. night. I, nice. I was able to get away with it too, so which was nice. Well, you know, I, I got to say, I, I think that fear in general is killing Halloween. What do you mean by that? I think I understand what you mean by that, but I, I'm curious as to where you're at, where you're going with this. Well, I think it's it, for kids specifically, because uh, you know this year we saw another marked decline in trick or treaters star house. Okay, we probably only got forty or fifty, which is exceptionally low for us. Yeah, you know, um, and what I'm noticing is you had groups of <clears throat> excuse me young teens okay and i'm talking you know 13 14 age yeah who were trick-or-treating with their parents you know 
and and you see all these other like trunk or treat things where people go to like you know businesses and stuff like that and they give out candy and i'm thinking you know in my day and again i sound like an old man when i say this but in our day yeah you know you're probably okay to go trick-or-treating at age eight by yourself yeah you know if as long as you're going with a group you know what i'm saying yeah as long as you're not by yourself yeah it's like uh, my kids they were definitely out trick-or-treating by themselves at nine you know mm-hmm. uh, so it, it it seems to me that people are so afraid of everything these days you know what i'm saying especially parents you know the helicopter parents that have to hover over their children throughout their childhood um and i think that's really you know it, it's no wonder that we have uh, an entire generation of kids that are essentially afraid to go outside, afraid to talk to people, uh, afraid to drive a car. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's bec- it's you parents that are doing it to them. You know, give your kids a little space. And the funny thing is, is everyone is like so worried about, you know, oh, well, crime is so bad today. You know, crime today is like two thirds lower than it was in when we were growing up you know i was growing up in the 70s and 80s and and the crime rate then was like 900 violent crimes per 100,000 people Mm -hmm. okay today that number is down around 300 violent crimes uh per 100,000 people okay nationwide yeah they just the ones that happen just get blown up so much though yeah yeah it's like crime is down by two-thirds and yet everyone's more afraid than they've ever been. Yeah, they feel less safe now than they did then. Yeah, it, it just it just makes no sense that everybody ignores the reality of the situation and it's based on some emotional perception of like you say the amplified fear out there. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, and that's what sells on the in, yeah. in social media, that's the algorithm, the way the algorithm works. Right. The, uh, in the in the regular media it's the way that the TV works. Like it's the way that yeah. they promote the show, they promote the, you know, the stories that they're going to talk about. You know, mass shootings. You know, weed and, and drug, weed and drugs in your candy. And, you're right, and that I don't think there's ever been a case of that actually happening. You know what I'm saying? I've I haven't been able to, and every year that comes up where people are dosing your kids' candy with marijuana and LSD and things like that. And I haven't been able to find, like, a single news story of that ever happening. Yeah. You know? And and so it's like, why is that something that concerns people if there's no evidence that that ever happens? Or the chances are, you know, one in a billion of that happening. They sell the fear of it. Well, it's the algorithms. Mm -hmm. You know? The algorithms give people what they want to see. And it's going to get even more of that once we go more AI. Because when you have, uh, you know, profit-based social media, when you have profit-based, advertising-based social media, you know, that their job is to keep you glued to that, that uh, device, that social media, mm-hmm. and you have news yep. that knows fear sells, okay, you add the algorithms and, and eventually the AI, it's just going to get exponentially worse to where <coughs> people believe that they're in mortal danger every time they they leave their house and yet the reality is is the world has is now today safer than it's ever been in our entire history 
Yeah, and I know it seems weird to say that because right. people. I mean, when you when you say it, a lot of times people just look at you like you're crazy. People look at you like you know, like you're you're like you're. They you're, don't believe you. Yeah, they don't believe you. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if you look at like we, I think we've done polling. Like, I think there was some polling that was that we talked about in a prior show. Right. Where the reality of it and what everybody thought was two completely different things. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's so much of that today. Uh, we are so much more detached from the reality of the situation today than we've ever been and it's only going to get worse you know well and it's only getting worse because the thing is so you have the media that feeds it right you have politicians that feed that because the fear is what gets people to the polls to vote absolutely it's better to vote against somebody else than to vote for somebody right which is what they're doing and so they you know you know the next election is the most important election ever always always yeah and um so like when you have all of those different scenarios coming into play and don't get me wrong, look, they, and they're inflating the currency, so everything's more expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are some things, there's some other triggers that are happening. Right. You know, but then again, they pointed towards something else, though. Like, it's capitalism's fault, or, you know, it's, you right. know. Right, yeah. You know. But I don't know how you reverse the fear. I don't, I don't know how you make people not be afraid anymore. If, if they're not going to actually look for the objective reality themselves and they're just going to continue to listen to the algorithms um i I don't know how you break the cycle i don't know how you break i i I definitely don't know how you break it either and it's you know it's kind of funny is you know there's some people that i've picked up in the past week that you know uh, want to get involved in political discussions right you know what i mean yeah and a lot of them are in the same like the same vein of like you know like well trump was better than this guy you know right and it's like i mean yeah I, i just don't understand that like, <laughs> I can understand what they're pointing to, but like they're not even. But even with what they're pointing to, it doesn't make any. Like, it, you're giving a guy credit that you shouldn't give credit for. Well, it's even worse than that. It's like you know, it, 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 it's it, it, giant douche versus turd sandwich. Well, yeah. You well, know? here's the thing: it's arguing over whether you're going to get shot or going to get hung. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it, that's really the bottom line. It's like, how do people get to the point where they really think that this guy's going to be able to do it? Right. And it's like right now, it's it, the way things are going now. It's going to be two of the like the worst possible human beings you could have running a nation. Yeah, comparative to the last two that were the last two worst. That's the one thing that's getting better for them or worse for them is that the, the candidates. Oh, the, the keep quality, getting, the quality keeps going down. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, George Santos is probably going to win re-election. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, we're going to get to that later on, but. right? Yeah, it, it, that that sort of thing. Uh, you've got the, the Sen- Senator Menendez, for example, uh, twice indicted for corruption. He's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, caught with gold bars that were, you know, right? Like, yeah, from from the Egyptian from government. Egypt, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, right. Yeah, it's just. It's, I don't well, and that's it, the man. other thing too, is because look, because there's so much money that's going out the door in washington dc to other countries right other countries are actively lobbying our politicians for a slice of that pie oh absolutely <laughs> lobbying is a kind word uh bribing uh you know uh blackmailing uh you know yeah yeah, right. yeah you pick your word on it right exactly yeah you pick your word on it but like it's and it's constant you know that's why the, the you got to just take away the you know and again we're going to get into some of these other stories later but you got to take away from like you got to take away the ability for these guys to do it. Fuck that. You got to abolish government. Well, you know, there's, abol- there's no real solution to it anymore. You you have to blow it up completely. Yeah. Yeah. Which may take blowing up the entire planet to to actually accomplish that. 
But the good news is... We're well on our way. We're a step closer. (laughs) With each passing day, we are a step closer uh, to possibly uh, uh, annihilating all governments on the planet, which, uh, unfortunately, it's going to take a lot of people with it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, hold on. The first thing I do want to get into... Hold on. You have this other thing up here, just real quick. How to use Zillow to find cops in safe houses? (laughs) I I actually learned a new technique this week. So, if you are trying to locate a law enforcement officer's home or a government safe house, you can use Zillow to do so. How? They're the only properties on there that have no data whatsoever. Oh. Yeah. So it's the lack of data that exactly. shows you that it's, it's, a, it's a, And I, I realized this because I was looking on Zillow, like, you know, you know, did, of course I do. You know, I'm always surfing, see what my house is worth and things like that. <coughs> and I noticed... Uh, <coughs> That in my area, there were a couple of houses that had no data. And uh, it turns out those were houses I knew who lived there, and they happened to both be cops. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's how you know. And uh, there, there was another property on there that had absolutely no data. And it was one of those properties that I always wondered what the hell was going on there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just it was a, uh, it's a commercial property, but there's no signage or anything like that. And it's just, you know. There's people coming and going, but there's no evidence whatsoever of any type of business that they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was another one that had zero data. Yeah. So that's some kind of some kind of safe house. And, you know, because like if the government if the if Zillow is not listing anything on there. Right. Then that means that the government and somehow took action to make sure or they you know made a request. Exactly. To that company to now, not have their information. on. There. I'm sure there is some way for, uh, you know, the average person to reach out to Zillow and have them delete your data. I'm sure that there is some process by which you can do that. It's probably an arduous and complex process, but I'm sure it can be done. Yeah. Having said that, I I can guarantee you that the the you know uh, uh, 999,000 people out of a million don't do that. Yeah. Oh, you, no, you know yeah, what I'm saying? The vast majority. Yeah. Exactly. They don't care. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a lot of them probably don't even never look. A lot. A lot of people probably don't even look on Zillow. So if you're looking to see, uh, you know, a, a, a local safe house or a cop, go on Zillow and just search for the blank spaces, <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll know uh, know where they are. So I, I'm wondering if I should have put that information out there, but uh, you know, it, it it definitely uh definitely there is definitely a pattern there. So yeah. Uh, all right. So before we get into uh, Israel, um, I think you probably want to try to claim a silver dollar at this point, don't you? Well, here's the thing. We did talk about this, mm-hmm. and I I will say that the you know the, the, definitely the 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 uh, the fat lady is singing right now. No, no, I don't think she's sung yet. She hasn't. She's getting ready. She's warming up. Yeah, because Pence has officially suspended his campaign. Right. Right. That doesn't mean it's over. Right. It means he suspended his campaign. Right. So I think that my silver dollar bet on the Pence side is actually looking a lot better right now, even though it's not it's not all the way done yet. There's still there's still a lane. And I will say that there's very few lanes left for Mike Pence to win the nomination. But there is a lane and it's the same process by which is going to happen in the Democrat Party. That is uh, Trump essentially is winning the primary and at some point okay when everyone's bailed out and he's gone ahead um he's gonna either end up in prison or the supreme court is going to rule 
that because he engaged in insurrection against the United States under the 14th Amendment, he's ineligible to run. Yeah. Okay. At that point, the RNC is going to have to appoint someone, and it still could very well be Mike Pence. I will see. I will concede. Because I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. In a general, in a general, Mike Pence is the best bet for the Republicans to win. In a general. Because he will poll moderates. I will, I will, I will concede that it's not over yet. Right. Yeah. That until they actually pick a nominee, that it's not over. Until, but I will say that it looks a lot less likely for Pence at this point. And until the actual general election ballots are printed, it ain't over. Yeah. Okay. Because this is going to be the craziest election cycle ever. Yeah, it's going to be nuts for what's going to pan out. Yeah, because it's there's a lot of unknowns still right now. And I'm like still it looked, saying, it looked look it looks like a boat race right now between right. Biden and. Trump like it looks like a right now it looks like a boat race. I don't think either of those guys are ultimately going to be on the uh, November ballot next but year. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's not possible. It's definitely possible that neither one of them are on. But if you look at it right now, right, it looks like those two are going to be it. Yeah, but the the thing is is um, it, clearly Biden has a much clearer path to being on the the general election ballot. Um, but it's just not going to happen because even the majority of his own party doesn't want him. Yeah, the majority of his party wants somebody else. But even though, but when given a choice, though, they still got, you know, he still wins the polling. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, no, they they had options. They they, they have options right now. No Democrat. Well, very, very, very few Democrats are ever going to vote for Trump. Yeah, that's clear. Okay. Um, And, uh, you know, very, very, very few Republicans are ever going to vote for Biden. So that's pretty much a, a lock on either side. Uh, the the real problem is the middle. And uh, I don't think either of those guys are going to be able to pull the middle, middle. I don't think either of those guys are going to be able to pull the one-third of American voters who are independent or third party. Yeah. Well, and you got to remember, so RFK is going to be in the general or in the general because he's now running independent. Yeah, but nobody can listen to that guy talk. He's very difficult to listen to. I've, I've talked. But there is a percentage of people that are going to vote for that guy on both sides right. of the aisle. Right, yeah. But, you know, if, if he gets 2%, I'd be shocked. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't, it's, again, we got to look at it from the general election side. How is it, what, what, how is his, how is he going to affect certain states? Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, which states is he going to try to focus on more? And, yeah. you know, because he's going to have limited resources as well for a general. You got Cornell West that'll be there and he's going to be out there and he does get some media attention. Right. He doesn't get a ton, but he gets some. You know, and there's a lot of people that are going to look to look for him as well. So you're going to have the LP candidate, whoever that's going to be. I don't even know who that's going to be. Right. Um, you're going to have Someone that person. inconsequential. But yeah, that one's not going to matter nearly as much just because right. they don't have anybody that's going to be name recognition. And Amash isn't going to do it. He's already said he's not going to do it. Right. So anybody that with with with, with any poll is going to be non-existent there. Um, so and with other independent candidates in the race like like RFK, that's going to hurt LP turnout numbers. Yeah, because there's some people that would just vote LP no matter what. But. You know, there's going to be some people that would, you know, well, you know, look for a. I, I think the entire, you know, independent third party pool is is not going to come in anywhere even near, you know, five percent total. So, I, I'd be shocked if the entire independent or third party, you know, cadre that's on the ballot gets five percent of the the uh, popular vote. Yeah, nationwide. I, that would be shocking if they got over that. I hope they get over that. I hope. I hope that. I I do hope that the you know third party candidates and whoever they are. Again, any of them are better than what we got 
as far as the other two goes. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, again, I'm holding fast to my prediction that uh, uh, the DNC, uh, Biden will drop out and the DNC will appoint Michelle Obama and that Trump will be forced out and the uh, RNC will appoint uh, uh, Mike Pence. So that's a dark horse pick, man. But it's you're You know, what? I give you kudos for sticking to it. <coughs> oh, excuse me. No, no, I'm, right. I'm getting over a cold, folks. I apologize for that. So not only do I have a, a false teeth a lisp going on, um, I've uh, I've got a cold too. So uh, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm doing my best here. No, no, you're doing great, man. You're doing great. All right. So let's get into the Israel thing again. This has taken, I guess, a predictable turn. But like, so we're now another week in. And Adrian wrote this as the title for the for the Israel part, which I really thought was very apropos. Right. Which was, this was the plan from day one. Yeah. And like I said, uh, when we first started covering this, uh, Israel's plan is to push all the Palestinians out of Gaza. And that's, so far, they've been very effective with that. And, um, you and know, Hamas's plan was to attack to get Israel to do what Israel is doing, to well, no. unite the world around yeah, Hamas, it, absolutely, uh, their plan was to trigger such a response uh, from Israel, which they did, um, that the entire world would turn against Israel, which is going to happen. Which so, is kind of already happened. Yeah. As I mean, it should. not all the way already happened, but it, it is it has happened in quick order. As it should. I mean, Israel right now is without question targeting civilians. Yeah. Um, like uh, just this week, uh, they hit uh, the uh, refugee camp in uh, the northern part of uh, the Gaza Strip, um, which, uh, you know, there's literally hundreds of people there at this refugee camp that have nowhere else to go, have already fled their homes. And uh, Hamas had bunkers underneath. I'm sure that's 100 percent true. So Israel was targeting the bunkers. But in order to do that, they had to blow up this refugee camp and kill you know, at least dozens of innocent civilians, most of them kids. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's it, look, and here's the thing in this situation, Hamas is, is allowing th- those civilians oh, yeah. to be killed. Oh, they're, they're not only allowing it, like they're kind of forcing it to happen. Yeah. They, this is exactly what they want to happen. Hamas cheers every time Israel kills innocent civilians. Hamas, make no mistake. Hamas is a horribly evil organization. Okay. Yeah. That wants to see as many dead Palestinians as they can. Israel, <coughs> excuse me, is also an evil organization that is essentially, I won't go so far as to say completely indiscriminately killing civilians, but has absolutely no intention of limiting civilian casualties. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They don't really care about they that. They don't right care. Now. Yeah. And, I, and it's to their own detriment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The world's going to turn against them. I mean, already, um, you know, <clears throat> what you see in America right now is you cannot have the opinion that I just took. OK. And if you do, you're going to get censored. You know, you're going to have uh, face repercussions. This is a highly unpopular opinion, but um, it, it's the truth. I mean, there's no way to get around it. Hamas is a murderous organization that has doesn't care less about killing civilians, okay? Both Israeli and Palestinian. Yep. And that's Israel true. doesn't seem to have any care about killing Palestinian civilians. At this point they're just seeing red and that they're just in their they're in there bombing people left and right. Right. And yeah. like it's it's really Listen, I I it sucks that 
it sucks that Hamas is hiding behind civilians. Right. I wish they wouldn't do that, but they're not going to not do it. And so at a certain point, you have to not, you can't continue just to kill innocent civilians. Right. You can't continue to do it, man. You cannot continue to do this. And the vast majority of the Israeli people want this. And that's a problem. Okay. Again, the Israeli people at this point no longer look at the Palestinians as human beings. They're animals. In fact, I, I saw some video out of the West Bank of Israeli settlers, just regular people, uh, going out and indiscriminately killing Palestinians and not just killing them, mutilating them, uh, running them over with vehicles, uh, desecrating their bodies. Like I saw one guy who was, you know, just repeatedly stabbing these dead Palestinians and then plucking their eyeballs out. Jesus. Right. And these are these are Israeli civilians. And there's a crowd of other Israelis around cheering them on. You know, uh, it's so you've got two groups of people right now that think the other is subhuman. Yeah, because and when, here's the thing: because you know the Palest or the Palestinians and Hamas, or Hamas, right? Indiscriminately, were killing civilians. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. burning them, murdering horribly, them, yeah. kids, babies, going into to people's homes and and killing entire families. You know, and they're you still know? holding hostages right now. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, see, and that's the thing. In this, you have to pick a side mentality when you step back and say, okay, this is the horrible things this side is doing. This is the horrible things this side is doing. It doesn't fall into that pick aside, you know, mindset. And like I said, right now in the U.S., the U.S. has chosen a side, and we are going to pay for that on the global stage. If we continue to, if Israel continues just indiscriminately or mostly indiscriminately, I shouldn't say indiscriminately, without concern, kills uh, Palestinian civilians and keeps doing it. The U.S., that stigma is going to be on us, too, you know, and that's going to allow uh, China and Russia, for example, to come in and say, hey, you think we're the bad guys? Look at what the United States is doing by funding and supporting Israel as they kill, as they commit genocide, you know, yeah, as they force a mass migration of people, you know, as they create a humanitarian crisis, Um, you know, but and again, Israel has justification for responding to they were attacked. They do have justification for responding. But the way in which they're doing it is going to turn the world against them. So now China can swoop in and go to all these kind of neutral countries, you know, the Indias, the, you know, the Pakistans, the countries that are kind of like on the fence between whose side they're on in the the global power struggle between the U.S., China and Russia and now go, you know what? Maybe we ought to side with China, you know. So this, actually, our support from Israel is going to have a dramatic effect on shifting the global balance of power to China. Yeah, and, and, and away from the U.S. Exactly, because we can't be, if we're supporting this, we're, we're clearly not the good guys in the world. Yeah. You know, I well, mean, and, and you, you see and you see right now that the U.S. is trying to walk a line right now. Oh, yeah. Well, talking about a pause, not a ceasefire, but a pause trying to say we need to you know work on the humanitarian thing behind the scenes, trying to pressure Israel to stop doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Even though that Israel is not listening at this point. But they, they haven't we haven't dropped our public support. No, know? we haven't yet. And shit, there's a bill in Congress to give them 14 billion dollars. Yeah. 
you know, that's going to be used for weapons that's going to be used to kill Palestinian civilians. Yeah. You know, and Hamas. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're framing it around restocking Iron Dome and stuff like that. Right. Which is a def- which is a defensive weapon. Not yeah, that's Iron Dome cannot be used to attack anyone, which, OK, yeah. I, I never have a problem with defensive weapons. But, you know, the, the point is, is um, the world is seeing this now. One of the big events this week is Turkey. Um, Erdogan, that guy, man, (laughs) he's a dangerous guy, too. Hold on. And let's make sure we say this, too. Turkey, a NATO ally, a a treated NATO ally, who also has nuclear weapons that we store there. Yeah. There are right now in Turkey, I believe there's somewhere between 60 and 80 nuclear warheads that we store at Instralink. Uh, air base in turkey yeah okay so and, and in Interlink has been attacked twice in the in the recent uh past uh by forces that are not necessarily erdogan's but not necessarily not well yeah you know it'd what i'm be saying easy to get them yeah so, i mean don't get me wrong you'd be causing a i mean that, that would that would instigate world war a uh, world war as well but it, it would but uh, just saying if if this shit goes bad turkey could end up becoming a nuclear power out of it and remember, we don't know for sure if the codes on those nuclear weapons have actually been changed. Because, and this is not a joke, this actually came out in a leaked uh, classified uh, document that for decades, the, uh, the, uh, the code to activate these nuclear warheads was zero 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 zero, and that's not a joke. That's that that is a true thing. Now, presumably they've corrected that, but who knows? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and again, an eight-digit code is probably not that hard to hack anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you got enough time and effort, you're going to figure out what the, the activation code is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up in this too, though, is is and again, not 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 trying to necessarily both sides at all, but. At, at the, the international community over the years, and we just used the last maybe 15 or something years, has given billions of dollars to Gaza. Right. Like, there's been billions in humanitarian aid that has gone there. And given how small of an area it is and overall how few people are there, this place should be... A paradise. A paradise. Right. And the fact that it isn't only goes to show you again. Both sides of this of this situation are bad, and not, nobody's trying to come to the table to 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 come up with a solution here. Um, but to see the amount of money that's been given to them, and also you've seen some of the reports. There's been some stuff that's come out. Um, so hold on here. From 2014 to 2020, UN agencies spent nearly 4.5 billion dollars in Gaza, including 600 million in 2020 alone. More than 80 percent of that funding is, is channeled through the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, who make up three fourths of Gaza's population. Some 280,000 children in Gaza, in, in Gaza, attend schools run by UNRWA, which also provides health services and food aid. Qatar has given 1.3 billion to Gaza since 2021 for construction, health services, and agriculture. That can that includes 360 million pledged in January 2021, another 500 million pledged for reconstruction after the war in May. Qatar's aid also goes to needy families that help pay Hamas's government salaries. Palestinian Authority said it it will spend 1.7 billion dollars in Gaza this year, mainly on salaries for the tens of thousands of civil servants who stopped working when Hamas took over in 2007. Like, again. You have a 
you have bad people that are in charge over there. Right. That have have contributed to this being a prison. Right. That are stealing a lot of this stuff. Right. That are building things not to not for the betterment of those people, but for their you know for terror tunnels and rockets and missiles. Right. And, yeah. You know, like all this stuff. And at the same time, when you look back at the history, Israel had something to do with Hamas actually getting getting to be in charge over there. Oh, they supported it fully. Yeah. Hamas at uh, the time becoming the government of Gaza. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, the th- I look at it right now is the thing that needs to happen is that we need to officially like exit out of the situation yeah. to force the hand to say you guys got to come up with something, either win it or. Come up with something here. Right. But if you win it and everybody comes in to, to attack you, well, I mean. Yeah, see, that's a problem. And now with Turkey wanting to attack Israel, and, and that's what Erdogan is saying, it's like I, I'm essentially he's saying I'm going to lead the Muslim, Muslim world. world against Israel. Yeah. And it, like you said, he's a NATO member. So how, how the hell do we square that? You know, yeah, I don't know how you square that away either. No. Right. I, 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 that adds a whole different ballgame to this. Right. Yeah. Which they know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe Erdogan is saying a lot of these things in order to almost almost to, to try to force the U.S. to do something. Well, here's the thing. It's like I said, the U.S. position on this right now is creating an opportunity for global and regional powers to exert more influence over the entire, uh, you know, uh, Middle East and Central Asian region. You see what I'm saying? So Erdogan... He sees a political opportunity here to make himself, uh, you know, the, the, the hero of the Middle East. Iran sees the same thing. They see this as an opportunity to wipe Israel off the map, which they've been wanting to do for, you know, since the revolution. Yeah. Uh, and China is clearly, and Russia, are clearly going to see this as an opportunity to build their influence in the region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Russia has already condemned Israel. So... Russia and Israel used to have a, a pretty, you know, solid. They had relationship. a closer relationship. Yeah, and now Russia's like, oh no, fuck it, uh, we're we're yeah, fuck you, Israel. We, you know, we hate you now. Well, that's because Israel took sides against them when it came to Ukraine. <laughs> right, right. That, that's part of it, but also part of it, it's the opportunity to build their influence in the Middle East, which they desperately want. Yeah, you know, no, and the linchpin of the whole thing is going is Israel right yeah. now. Yeah, and Assad in Syria, you know, he can take this opportunity to uh, galvanize his country against all the rebel factions there by attacking Israel. So this thing is going to blow up. It, it's going to be World War III, and the really the only big question is what America does about it. And if the existence of Israel is on the line, I, I think there's there's not going to be anything to stop America from deploying everything they've got to prevent I think that. if Israel's existence is on the line, then they're going to the U.S. policy on both sides, at least with the majority of both parties, is to going to be to protect Israel. Right. And and I'm going to say for the record right now something that a lot of people are going to consider anti-Semitic. But I will tell you that we have no business getting involved in this whatsoever. I don't think that saying that is anti-Semitic. No, I, in, in this day and age, in this I understand in, in what you're saying. I understand climate, what you mean. That is, I'm an anti-Semite for saying that. I understand what you mean, but I don't. Here's the thing. I think that the only way that we come to any workable solution right now right. is that we have to not be involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we need to step back and try to be the peacemakers. But there's no. The, the problem I is. I think if we're going to use our influence, then we need to use our influence to get this over with. Yeah. But the, the problem is, is at this point, it's too far gone for there to be any peace. Because when you have both sides 
looking at the other as subhuman animals, which they do right now, both sides right now. Oh, see, yeah. See the other as, as subhuman. It really, what needs to happen is one side needs to win decisively. And the problem is, is from the U.S.'s perspective, that victor can only be Israel. Um, but we're going to take such a hit on the, the global influence stage if we continue to support Israel. At a time I mean, frame where we can't really afford to take the hit anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, again, we really ought to just stay the fuck out of all of this stuff because we will always be, or, you know, for, uh, we will always be one of the wealthiest, most prosperous nations, period, end of story, because we have a vast array of resources and we have a geography that is almost impossible to conquer. Yes. Okay. So we could literally be the world's largest Switzerland because nobody can ever invade us. We have all the resources we need to support our entire population forever. We need nothing from the rest of the world. There's no reason that we need to be the global policeman. You know, there's no reason that we need to take sides in any of this shit. Yeah. We need you to know? be the global job fair. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, what we need is more people. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, we do need to defend Taiwan right now, because if we don't and China takes Taiwan, then it will set us back two decades technologically. Yeah. Maybe even more. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's the brief on, on uh, Israel there. But I did not good news. Yeah. Right. Just bring on World War Three. Let's just get this all over with, you know, <laughs> start fresh. Let's go back, you know, let's set the world back about a century and rebuild it the right way. Uh, but I, I did want to uh, bring up this one article here. <coughs> Excuse me. It's from Politico. And the, the headline is, it feels like the new McCarthyism. How the Israel-Hamas war is redefining the limits of free speech. And the uh, subtext is, in the age of social media, do employers have the right to fire employees for their political views? Free speech expert uh, uh, Genevieve Lakier uh, says the rules are changing before our eyes. So essentially what's happening is, is this is a collection of stories of people who uh, posted or said, you know, moderately pro-Palestinian things and then either were fired because of it or had some type of repercussions because of it. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the narrative in this country, you can already see it developing. There is one side that you're allowed to be on in this, you know, and that is 100% pro-Israel, you know. And if you're not, you're an anti-Semite and you're going to be subject to repercussions, especially if you have a, a job that, uh, you know, is, is any type of profile at all. Well, it's just so funny that those people that are actually calling for these people to be, you know, censored and canceled and stuff two months ago. Right. Yeah. We're on the opposite side of it. Well, again, to see how quickly that that turns. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it, you like what they got to say or not is irrelevant. It, look, that's the thing. Anyone who takes a well, I don't want to say anyone, but the vast majority of people, especially if they are radically red or radically blue, um, they say they believe in something, but they only believe in it when it applies to their side. Like right now you have. Uh, you know, people on the right, 
and, and I, I will say the middle right because the far right, right hates the Jews anyway. Yeah, you know. But people on the middle right who have been screaming about cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel. Culture, I can't, I can't say nothing about a gay person or I'm going to lose my job. You know that sort of yeah. thing. And uh, now they're all for you know. Well, if, if if you don't support Israel, then you should you should lose your job. Well, they're you know saying they're saying? actively supporting terrorists. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, uh, again, it's, it's just the stu- level of stupidity. You know, I used to, I used to base my philosophy on a theory that the average person was intelligent and uh, would do the right thing most of the time. I, I no longer have that belief. I, I, the average person is a fucking moron in this country. Just an absolute fucking moron. You know what I'm saying? I think that the average person doesn't want to be involved in any of it. Yeah, probably true. Probably true. Maybe that's true. I think maybe, it's. I think it's. I. I understand. Maybe what the you're average saying. person is just keeping their head down. I think that ever. But anybody that they're pointing to, like anybody that gets any airtime, that is the they 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 go actively go after the person that's going to say almost the dumbest shit and they're not going to get called out on it really though yeah but the problem is is that through the advent of social media everybody gets airtime essentially well but what what they choose to focus it on though is different though like moderating voices that are trying to say what we're saying are not voices that anybody is going to actively try to promote to to bring about the peace right but like in this article the people who are getting fired are, are people who just made a a post on social media and it wasn't even like a you know uh kill all the jews type post i mean something radical and and something that you know you should probably have some repercussions for these were things that were just like mild criticisms of israel um you know like for example uh art forum's top editor david velasco was fired by his publisher penske media after posting an open letter on his site calling for a ceasefire and suggesting israel is responsible for the beginning of a genocide okay Michael Eisen was removed as editor-in-chief of the science journal eLife after retweeting a satirical article critical of Israel. And uh, Maha Dakil, a top executive at the Hollywood talent firm Creative Artists Agency, stepped back from leadership roles after reposting an Instagram story that implied Israel was committing genocide. Okay. So, I I mean, Israel, in in, uh, basically a little less than a month, has killed 10,000 civilians. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know, I don't know if that quite qualifies as genocide, but it's not unreasonable to make that, you know, a leap of logic. You know what I'm saying? When when you're murdering uh, you know, hundreds of civilians every day, yeah, I, I think that is a, a a valid argument to make. You know? Yeah, and again, again, whether I, I know that it, it, look under the rules of war, these places are under. You know, they're putting they're putting military things. Hamas is putting their stuff right. behind civilian yeah. targets, and it's. It, it, look, I'm, I, I'm not supporting Hamas at all because Hamas shares in the responsibility of all those civilians' deaths. Because they are using them as human shields. Yeah, and they're happy that they're de- not. Oh yeah, like they want they want they want them to be martyrs. Yes, yes, they want as like many death civilian martyrs as they can because they know the more footage of you know uh, wailing Palestinians carrying dead children, 
the more likely it is that the rest of the Arab world is going to attack Israel and wipe them off yeah, the face they, of the Yeah, they bring more people to their cause. So they're actually allowing Israel to commit genocide in order to get enough support so that they can commit their own genocide. So you literally, it's true. Literally, you have two genocidal regimes up against each other right now. And, like, how do you win that for us? There isn't a way to win it. We need to just say, okay, folks, you know, we will do everything we can to promote the peace here. But we ain't stepping a foot here. We ain't sending a, a plane here. We ain't, we ain't sending anyone. We're not helping either of you kill civilians because that's what you're both doing. Yeah. You know, I, it, 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 and that should be a sane, rational position, but it's not. It's a p- position that'll get you demonized. Well, yeah, no. And look, and the thing of like, we're going to turn into a parking lot or we need to be the Department of Offense, you know, right. with, with Nikki Haley and oh, some God, of the neocons. Yeah. They're just some of the ugliest comments that you can make. And for them to think that they can say this without like without realizing how ugly that they are, though, only goes that's to show you where right we're now. currently at right now. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of speech that you is acceptable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not only is it acceptable, but there's a certain percentage of the population that wants to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really sad. No, it is. It's totally sad, but like it, it's, you know. And look, this is this this has. It, there was only one thing I guess could get Trump out of the news at least all the time, <laughs> right. and that's this. Right. Hey, speaking of Trump, um, I saw that uh, uh, was it Eric Trump or Don Jr. One of them really stepped on their dick at a hearing the other day. I don't know exactly what they said. I know they were both there. But. Yeah, I, I I didn't really uh, catch uh, what it was, but uh, apparently it was a uh, a big coup for the prosecution that uh, Eric, I think it was Eric Trump that it really incriminated himself in the uh, this was in the uh, the business fraud trial. Yeah, yeah, the so, one in New York, the New York yeah, trial. So <laughs> these trials are going bad for him, by the way. For who? For Trump. Oh yeah. I, like they're they're he, he, like I will say this I think the Rico case is looking is looking worse for him by the day he's in an orange jumpsuit before November yeah I'm telling you that man he is not going to be eligible to be president of the United States you know simple as that man just gonna be a weird election man Mike Pence if it ends up being Pence man it's gonna be the most amazing look, bet you've ever made I, look I I Mike Pence would be the reasonable choice I don't know if it will be but it would be the logical choice if that if that scenario happens where Trump clearly won the nomination, but he can't serve because he's in prison or ruled ineligible, then the RNC is going to have to appoint someone. And if they're trying to win the general, that's who you appoint. You know, I, I think if it's not going to be Trump, I think it's going to be Nikki Haley. Uh, you know, that would that would be reasonable. But I think Nikki Haley, just like I, I said it from day one, that DeSantis was going to step on his dick, end up trailing off in the polls and end up getting out, which is going to happen. Okay, now Nikki Haley's beating them two to one in the polls. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I think Nikki Haley is going to do something else too. I mean, it, here's the thing: these people, these Republican candidates, have uh, the one thing they've gotten from Trump is that they think they can say the most ridiculous things in the world and get away with, it. and they almost think that they have to, that they have to be these, you know. They have to do these performances like Trump. The thing is, is nobody can pull off Trump like Trump. No, no, you know? nobody can. And nobody has the 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 strength and the narcissism and the uh, completely deluded view of reality 
to allow them to keep doubling down on the shit they say. Yeah. You know, at some point they're going to break, and when they break, that's when they lose credibility. Yeah. You know? And the same thing's going to happen to Nikki Haley, so... All right, so hold on. Let's bring up the DeSantis thing. So DeSantis showed off his pair of golf balls Thursday and questioned whether Donald Trump has the balls to join the third Republican presidential debate next week. Um, In a tongue-in-cheek merch drop, the DeSantis campaign began selling golf balls with the slogan, Ron DeSantis has a pair, he shows up, in a direct taunt of the GOP frontrunner. The Sunshine State governor also brushed aside recent hubbub about his boots and promised to wear one on his head if the former president can summon the balls to show up in a debate. Now, here's the thing. Do not copy Vermin Supreme. No, fuck you, DeSantis. You do not get to pull a Vermin Supreme. Yeah. Okay. And second of all, hang on a second. (laughs) DeSantis is toast, and he knows it. Well, he's just doing anything he can to try that. And this is just such a pathetic attempt to, you know, again... This is what this is now what we expect from our presidential candidates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, just taunting and, and sexual innuendos and, and just stupid bullshit like this. You know, can you imagine this happening 20, 30 years ago? Can you imagine Reagan or, you know, uh, any of those guys, Bush one doing anything like this? Now, you know, now right. we have uh, look it, politics. Is, Even Clinton wouldn't go this far. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? No, uh, politics has gone way haywire at this point. Oh, it's not haywire. It's just you know, it's it's the public spectacle, man. It's bread and circuses. It's the Coliseum. That's where we're at, man. We are at, we are at the late stages of the 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 collapse of a you know major civilization. That's this is the kind of thing that happens. Yeah, you know, which is a, a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. Nothing better than when the United States of America collapses. It's going to be a great thing. People, trust me. <laughs> nah, it, it's going to be bad, but then come if their only way to the only way to try to get through all of this to get to something sane is going to have to be the elimination of what we currently have right now. Right, right. So it, it's it really does, and it it's going to take care of itself that. here if it keeps going the way it is. You know, I just hope that we can have the least amount of damage as yeah. possible the o- yeah the only question is whether it ends with a whimper or a bang and if it ends with a bang that's going to mean mushroom clouds yeah yeah you know, which is quite possible could go either way you know yeah, we'll it's see. just sad it's, it really is sad the other one uh um uh, again just to finish up with the trump thing though so uh jack smith uh trump's new bid to halt dc proceedings confirm he's his overriding interest to, to delay both trials at any cost the trump campaign is trying to delay a lot of these trials and stuff like that who is Jack Smith? Jack Smith is the U.S. District Attorney that's in charge of the the federal case against him. Oh, okay, wasn't aware of that. And a different one, huh? You know, it's a different one, but like you know, I, the part of me that gets it is like I, I understand that this is a witch hunt, but it's a self inflicted witch hunt, right? Like you've, like you should hey, well, have bowed I, out and you should have supported somebody else and gotten past it because you lost, and right. that you're so toxic that you can't win. Well, I think these these trials still would happen whether he ran or not. You know, so I kind of dispute your witch hunt uh, philosophy because a witch hunt implies that it's there's no valid reason. You know, it's completely fabricated. Oh, like, no, there's validity that like, you know, which witch hunt comes from the Salem well, look, trials. I think, the New York, a bunch of witch- I think the New York one is is messed up just because there's no victim in that one. Oh, uh, yeah. New, the, it, right. The New York civil, you know, slash criminal case for, you know, him 
uh, potentially defrauding the banks. Uh, if the banks aren't and suing And there's no them, jail time in that one. There's just going to be a fine. Right. Yeah, that, that that one's stupid. You know, yeah. the RICO case going on in, in, in Georgia. The, the RICO case is legit. The documents case is really legit. Now, think about it the this way. The document case is the one that has the most proof. And... <laughs> Remember, he's admitted to it on on air, right? Like on video, on <laughs> fucking like, moron. Uh, and remember, one of the things that he was showing everybody was the if we went to war with Iran, what the battle plans would be. Uh huh. Okay. Now we have to assume at that at this point that that data has leaked, right? Yeah. I mean, considering that you know there was always open access to it, he showed it to multiple people. Multiple people have said, "Oh yeah, he showed that to me." You know. Yeah. We have him on. On a, record, uh, on a recording with reporters where he was showing it to them, and they're like, uh, I don't think we should be looking at this stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think we have to assume that that data is leaked. Now, think of the position we're in now, okay? Uh, when that happened, war with Iran was kind of like a hypothetical possibility that yeah, was it wasn't, a remote possibility. it wasn't possibility. in the front burner. Now you got Iran about to invade Israel through their proxy uh, militias, Yeah. right? Which could end up leading to a direct war between the United States and Iran. Mm-hmm. Okay, how damaging is the release of those documents? It's damaging, right? Now, either uh, Iran potentially knows exactly what our battle plan is, or we've got to rewrite the battle plan from the get-go, which is probably not the easiest thing in the world to do logistically. Yeah, but you know? I mean, look, I, I do think that we as a country can figure some shit out here. To- okay, but now put someone else in the position that they leaked the Iranian battle plan under these circumstances. Oh, they'd be under the jail. Yeah. They might actually be executed. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) that might be capital offense treason right there. Yeah. You know, so so there's no way he's getting away from that one. Yeah. The documents case, I think, is the strongest one. Yeah. Yeah. And the RICO case is looking really strong, too. Well, yeah, they're just getting so many. They're going to get so many of the lawyers to flip on them now. (laughs) Right. They're they're all flipping and turning uh, states Mm -hmm. evidence, you know? Yeah, they're it's 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 not good. It doesn't look good for him. What are you talking about? It's fucking entertaining as hell. Well, the only thing that's bad about it is because part of me wants Trump to be president just for pure chaos and entertainment value, which could still be possible. It, It could still happen. Could still happen. I don't think so, but it's it's quite possible. All right. Um, so uh, you want to go into the uh, <laughs> the COVID lockdown thing? Um, yeah. So you, you got you have this. You put this one up from New York Mag right. Intelligencer. COVID lockdowns were a giant were a were a giant experiment. It was a failure. Key lessons of the pandemic. Right. And yeah. um, basically, what this uh, what they're arguing here is that the government response was the failure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, specifically, they're focusing on the Chinese lockdowns, um, which, you know, didn't work even remotely. Um, I'll read a little bit from the article. On April 8, 2020, the Chinese government lifted its lockdown of Wuhan. It had lasted 76 days, two and a half months um, during which no one was allowed to leave this industrial city of 11 million people or even leave their homes. Until the Chinese government deployed this tactic, a strict batten-down-the-hatches approach had never been used before to combat a pandemic. Yes, for centuries, infected people had been quarantined in their homes where they would either recover or die, but that was very different from locking down an entire city, the World Health Organization called it, an unprecedented, uh, unprecedented in public health history. And of course... It didn't matter because COVID spread through China anyway. Well, of course, it spread through Wuhan because that's where it was released from the lab. Um, You know, (laughs) I was actually, um, 
it's amazing to me that it's now at the point where it's basically proven that the uh, the SARS-CoV-2, which led to COVID-19, was released from the Wuhan lab. Yeah. Right? Um, the FBI has come out and said this is by far the most probable explanation for it. Um, you know, the Biden administration has suspended funding to the Wuhan lab finally just this past July. Mm-hmm. Uh, they funded it throughout the entire pandemic, continued to fund it. And the reason that the Biden administration cited for stopping fund of it is uh, breaches in their security measures. OK, so they 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 no longer felt comfortable that the Wuhan lab had the capability to contain, you know, deadly viruses. OK, um, you know, so you have the FBI, the Department of Energy um, coming out and saying, yeah, it does appear that this was a, a leak from the Wuhan lab. Then you have all the intelligence agencies coming out and saying, no, 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 no. This was clearly, you know, a, an animal to human at the, the Wuhan wet market two miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just. Under the circumstances, how ridiculous is that? How racist does that sound? <laughs> you always say it's racist. I don't think it's racist. But, you know, anyway. I mean, shit, man. They got these live animals. You know, you can buy dogs there and take them home and cook them and eat them. Yeah. You know. Um, but the, the, the point is, is that, you know, here we are in a world where that's still like we have two factions of our government with two completely different stories. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean. It's just such a weird world we live in, yeah, you know. You ain't lying. And and if you if you poll ten people on the street, no matter which uh, government agency you quote in that, you're going to get angry reactions from half of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, "Well, you know, I I believe the FBI," you know, and and that it was a Wuhan leak, you're going to get you know some people are saying, hey, "You're crazy. Why do you think that?" You know, you know, follow trust the science. And then if you get people who, uh, you know, say, well, I, I, I believe the, uh, you know, the CIA and the National Intelligence Agency who said it was uh, came out of the Wuhan market and was a natural transmission. Uh, you're going to get the people who say, well, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. like you can't have a you just can't take a middle position. I mean, I think I personally think it's clear it leaked from the Wuhan lab might have even been intentionally done. But, you know, it's just it's so funny that we we just can't have rational discussions anymore as as Americans, or it's, it's seemingly more and more anywhere on the planet. No, you know, no. There's no nuances. Dead. There's, there's no gray area. There's no. Yeah. Well, I think this explaining is the whole that, story doesn't do anybody any good right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Nobody wants to hear it. It's the algorithm, man. It's one or the other. And with AI, it's just going to get that much worse because it's going to be a situation where uh, the AI says oh this is what you want to hear oh this is the confirmation you bias you want let me get you some more Mm -hmm. of that yeah that's going to continue and and that's that's how it's designed you know and it doesn't know any right now it doesn't know any better but two three four five years down the road it's going to know better and make the decision to do it anyway so that's what we're dealing with folks but happy saturday happy saturday yeah so uh we are uh Coming to the end of the show here, I just want to say, if you'd like to hear more, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a subscriber. You get another, at least another hour of content, plus a whole bunch of swag, uh, such as a, this is not a bomb duffel bag. Uh, and the higher levels get the challenge, uh, the anarchist guild challenge coin and an autographed copy of my book, the Cassandra trigger, along with another thing, uh, some other things. So. Go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage and we'll see you in hour number two. Have a good one.